ignition sequence start. Five. Everything. Three. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. This is an Everything Sounds blog post. Now, if you're not familiar with Everything Sounds, it's a podcast and public radio show about the ways that sound plays a role in art, science, history, culture, and our everyday lives. Everything Sounds covers stories about instruments made of meteorites, voicemail confessions, microphone museums, and dozens of other topics. And, uh... Don't forget about the time that we somehow managed to get on the subject of using music to encourage a little bit of tortoise loving, if you will. I guess we'll just let that speak for itself. The London Zoo has five of these tortoises, one male and four female. The ladies are Dolores, Dolly, Priscilla, and Polly. And the lonesome guy? He's named Dirk. Seeing that the numbers of these tortoises are dwindling, the London Zoo teamed up with Richard Claterman, who's a French pianist, to see if they could help resolve the issue while at the same time raising awareness about the shrinking population. So around Valentine's Day, they attempted to make some magic happen. And by magic, I mean they tried to ignite some magic between Dirk and his special lady friends. At 70 years old, you may think that Dirk would have a little trouble with, you know, doing his thing. but. Again, at seven years old, Dirk is still pretty young. Right, Dirk's probably got about, what, 75, 80 years left? Yeah, he's, he's still got it going on. Not bad. Anyway, Richard played the piano for the whole day. Dolores, Dolly, Priscilla, Polly, and Dirk in their environment were observed to see if music would encourage Dirk to, you know, get frisky, but unfortunately nothing swayed him. Obviously, radio shows use sound to tell stories. How else would they do it? However, we wanted to tell stories about sound. The best way to rein in our slightly unwieldy premise was by asking questions. How do artists use sounds? What sounds result from the natural world, daily life, and industry? Why is sound important? What can we learn about our own experience through sound? Sound plays an important role in our lives, and it makes sense that it would, right? I mean, sound is everywhere. Complete silence is virtually impossible. There's always something, somewhere, generating sound. And that's good news for Craig and myself. We'll always have something to talk about on the show. When Sounding Out approached us about contributing to the blog for World Listening Day, we were flattered. Then the reality set in. We're just two guys that make a podcast. It's unlikely that anyone would consider us experts. Our education involved studying sound and music, but it was mostly in the context of creating radio. We were initially drawn to radio because of music, but over time we began to appreciate how songs and voices and sounds were used not only to share information, but to tell stories. Radio is a medium that spoke to our curiosity about the world as well as the role that sound plays in it. After spending so much time working with and around sound, you can't help but notice all of the little ways that it can influence everyday life. We aren't scientists, inventors, acousticians, artists, or anything other than radio producers, but Everything Sounds allows us to speak with experts and creative people that can help us learn about the influence that sound has on us. And that might actually be the exact reason 
why the show resonates so much with listeners. In many cases, we're learning something new right along with you. We are able to ask questions and make sense of new information, and after we gather all of the information, we organize everything to make even more sense. We find supporting information, we check our facts, and we try to reassemble all of it in a way that's fun and engaging. The reaction to the show is humbling and beyond our expectations. When we started producing the show, we were unaware that it could have a real-world impact. However, we've heard from listeners that thank us for opening up their ears and helping them reconsider the role of sound in their daily lives. We've been touched by stories from listeners with vision difficulties that tell us how much they appreciate the show and its treatment of sound. One of our listeners commented that their ability to recognize and classify sounds was already well-developed as a result of their condition. But they said that our show made them want to find ways to record some of their experiences with sound and share it with others. We're always delighted to hear that the show generates any kind of reaction at all, but it's especially meaningful when it makes listeners want to create, investigate, or learn on their own after the show ends. And inexplicably, some people think we're funny. I'm not even convinced we're funny. (laughs) Well, uh, if we are, it's probably not intentional. Even if it is intentional, sometimes it doesn't land. (laughs) You know, I think that's true most of the time. Uh, But making that connection helps to spark an interest in learning about or exploring sound. If people think that everything sounds as funny, informative, entertaining, or ear-opening, then we've managed to get people to think about sound and hearing more deeply. Even if it's only for a few minutes each week, sound becomes the center of attention. If we make the show enjoyable for listeners, then maybe we've opened some doors that they wouldn't have considered opening in the past. The wonderful thing about learning is that you don't have to be an expert to do it. You just have to be curious. Even the experts use their imagination and curiosity to solve problems and explore unanswered questions. Accessibility is extremely important when it comes to creating an intellectual spark that encourages people to stop, think, pick up a book, or search the internet for more information. Even though we're sharing information that is new to us, we try to make it entertaining and less intimidating. We don't want to overstate our contributions to listeners' lives. We are fully aware that we are competing for their time and attention. Everything Sounds has probably become the background noise for many hours of laundry folding, dinner preparing, or late night driving. But despite all of this, we value all listening and levels of engagement. By listening to podcasts or radio programs, the world comes to you through your headphones or speakers. Even if someone can't make a trip, then we can provide the material to construct the scene in their ears and minds. So, what are the scenes that we've created? Well, in the very beginning, episode one, in fact, we talked to a sound artist named Jesse C. Craig and I had no idea what the show would sound like, how it would be structured, or if anyone would actually care. But the thing we knew we wanted to do was a feature on her piece, Mechanical Todd. It's a sculpture And sculpture is an inherently visual art form that sometimes may be difficult to translate on the radio. So we were interested to learn more about one of the many artists that has found a way to incorporate sound elements into their work. A simple interview with Jesse probably would have given us enough to work with, but to bring some life into the story, we decided to see the piece in person with her. 
We talked to Jesse at the University of Chicago James Frank Institute. That's F-R-A-N-C-K. We interviewed her in the lobby next to her piece, so you might hear some talking in the background or the occasional elevator chime. It was her first time seeing the piece in two years. You know, it's not like seeing your lover that you haven't seen in six years. I mean, it's like, yep, still there. I didn't it didn't change as far as I can tell. I don't know. If it was broken, I think I'd be upset. <laughs> but it 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 looks okay. This piece came about because I know, I've always been fascinated by little ball bearings, by pachinko balls. Um when I was a kid in Japan, uh walking home, I would sometimes see little pachinko balls in the cracks of the sidewalk and I'd pick them up and keep them in my pocket. They're really cool. They have like little stars inscribed in them and like the name of the pachinko parlor and I just always had wanted to do something with them and I I got my hands on a couple of them and I had these dowel rods that somebody had left behind in the basement of where I was living and I was playing around with the dowel rods and I had like taped them together so that the groove between the two dowel rods formed a track and I put the balls on it and was rolling it back and forth and I put several balls on it and I was like wow this is even cooler and I was telling people yeah okay so just imagine this multiplied by a thousand wouldn't that be awesome and you know I probably sounded like I was kind of nuts. At the University of Chicago, we were able to capture Jesse interacting with the piece, talk to students, and run into tour groups that reacted to Mechanical Tide. This episode taught us a valuable lesson. Capturing honest, real, and unscripted moments is essential to telling stories about sound. All of the time and writing in the world couldn't create moments as memorable as when we simply just keep the tape rolling and listen for the surprising sounds of the real world. We do need some consistency for the sake of telling coherent stories, but including those surprising and unexpected audio elements adds a great deal to our episodes. In the first episode of our second season, we spoke to Nick Zamudo. He's a musician that has performed with the books and more recently, Zamudo. Over the years, Nick simply kept the tape rolling whenever he could to capture as much of the world around him as possible. Many of these clips ended up being used in his music. Nick said, It's an obvious rule of physics that the more you record, the more you get. And listening works in the same way. The more time you spend listening to the world, the more you get out of it. A striking example of this involved a trip to the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, California. Nick was recording in front of the jellyfish tank and captured part of an unsettling conversation with a father and daughter. This conversation eventually made its way into a song called Motherless Bastard by the books. I was just in the right place at the right time, or maybe the wrong place at the right time, or because it was very wrong what was going on. But I, and I'm a parent, so I understand why. But um, you know, maybe you can play a clip of it <laughs> so people understand what I'm talking about. But this little girl was very excited by it, and she just wanted to show her dad all of these jellyfish that she saw. And so uh, she's like, "Mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, look at these." Mommy, daddy. Mommy, daddy. And so the father is obviously really tired of chasing his daughter around, and he's like. You have no mother and father. <laughs> you have no mother and father. And she's like, Daddy, no. Yeah, I do. No, they left. They went somewhere else. No, they left. You have no idea. 
I'm not, I don't know you. <laughs> no, they left. They went somewhere else. Dad. Don't touch me. Don't call me that in public. And, uh, it, it becomes this existential thing, you know, this, this, <laughs> this alienation that I think, uh, you know, d kind of plays on your deepest fears. But at the same time, it's, it's so extremely cute that it's, uh, you know, it's its opposite at the same time. So yeah, I love those things, those kind of sounds that contain their opposite in some way. Nick has a knack for finding ways to use the sounds of everyday life in his musical pieces. The results are sometimes uncomfortable, humorous, confusing, or odd, but taking sound from its original context allows us to reconsider its place in the real world and in art. Although Nick often has a use for his recordings, listening itself often doesn't need to have a goal to be beneficial. Being open to those experiences in everyday life is what makes good listeners. Most of us are born with the ability to hear the world around us. However, it takes patience and practice to develop better listening habits. We can learn about other people, the natural world, our surroundings, and the things we care about by taking a closer listen. Everything Sounds isn't meant to encourage a blanket approach to listening, but we do think it encourages people to consider the way that they listen to the world and what they're neglecting. When was the last time you put away your phone? turned off the TV or radio, and just listened to the sounds in your neighborhood. If you've been in nature recently, did you take a moment to close your eyes and listen to the birds or the wind rustling the leaves on the trees? Have you thought about how different all of your friends' laughs sound? Simple things like that. Listening isn't just about encountering and acknowledging the cacophony of daily life. Listening is about taking the time to notice the role that many different sounds play in a soundscape. Taking the time to process the sounds around you gives you an increased awareness of the world and your place in it. There is a wealth of information carried in sound waves. Neglecting that information would be like eating a wonderful meal and not allowing any of it to touch your taste buds. Deep listening serves practical purposes. It helps us appreciate our favorite music, enjoy the environment, and understand the people we love. Sounds can bring us joy, alert us to danger, keep us connected, and help us navigate our world. Listening closely allows you to hear the subtle details that many others will overlook or ignore. It helps you become more mindful in the moment and intellectually engaged. So take a moment now to listen to the sounds that you may have been blocking out while reading or listening to this blog post. Consider other times in your life where you may not be paying attention to the sounds around you. Make an effort to appreciate all that your ears have to offer. It's easy to be distracted by bright colors, motion, and other attention-grabbing visual elements in our culture. But if you make the effort to listen, you'll be able to hear diverse and nuanced examples of sound that can create just as much excitement everywhere. In the introductory episode of the show, we talked about the way sound shaped us and led us to create Everything Sounds. In that episode, we stated the goal of the show is not just to share our own experiences with sound. We want the show to encourage listeners to have their own journeys with sound. 
with this blog post, even if you never listen to the show, we hope that you will recognize your own listening habits and consider ways that you can have a closer relationship with sound. Well, you know, I think that's pretty much the whole ball of wax. Yep, seems to be just about everything. Well, thanks for listening or reading, whichever one you do. <laughs> or both. <laughs> right, or both. Thanks to Sounding Out for giving us this platform to share our enthusiasm for sound. We love meeting other audiophiles and geeking out, so feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. Thanks for reading or listening to this Everything Sounds blog post.